Well, good morning. If I haven't met you, seen you yet this morning, welcome to Portico. We're so happy that you're here. Um, didn't our worship team do a great job this morning? Come on. I, Nate's been uh, Nate was Nate's been in our youth ministry for the last number of years, and if, if you don't know, we've got a worship school that happens right in the Mississauga campus at, at Portico, and it's it's a school of it's not just training people to play instruments; it's training people to become worshipers and whole life worshipers. And and Nate's in Nate's in year two of that, and it's just so cool to see uh, the development as he's been learning more and more. And Evan, our, our guitarist there, he's been in that as well for a couple of years. And, Great to see what happens when people give themselves for a couple of years just devoted to understanding what it means to be a worshiper. And if you've got a graduating student or if you will be a graduating student in the next number of years, you may want to look into that. And it's not actually just for people who are in their late teens, early 20s. It's designed to be for anybody. Maybe you've already, maybe you're at a point where you could give a couple of years just to devote to that. It's an amazing opportunity. Anyway, you might, you might want to check into, look into that. It's called Sanctus. Before we get into our, into, into, our, into our message this morning, a couple quick announcements. On the back of your bulletin, did you get a bulletin on the way in this morning? We've got a list of, um, of elders of the church that are going to be confirmed uh, at our annual business meeting, which is, comes at the end of October, and it's pr- the names are printed there for your information, and uh, just so you know that. And, and then a little bit of church business. If you volunteer, if you serve in any way into the church, Next Sunday night, we're going to have our, we have them four times a year. They're called Inspire Events. And we get together for about half an hour. We have a great meal. We have a, a, a teaching time. And then we break up into our, our ministry groups. And if you volunteer here in the church in any way, shape, or form, with kids, with greeting, with hospitality, with worship, I really encourage you to, to come out next Sunday night. We'll be in Mississauga. Um, please do RSVP. There's an RSVP email. I believe it's Cindy Cornelius, C. Cornelius. Just send her a note. Say you'll be coming, how many people are coming. And uh, it'll be a great time for us to get together and just talk about what, uh, what we're doing as a church and where we're serving and how we're, how we're functioning there. And if, you've, if you're not serving yet, this is a chance. You can get involved next Sunday night. Just talk to me and say, you know what, I don't really know where I fit yet, but I really want to get involved in serving in the life of the church. This would be a great event to come on out to, and uh, so let me know. That's next Sunday night. One other quick thing I want to draw your attention to is make sure you get one. There's like a little bookmark-sized card on the way out the door. There's a bunch of stuff that's going to be happening in the next couple of months starting at, at the church. I think in two Wednesdays, for all of our middle school and high school students, we're going out to Kelso and doing a hiking night. To just look. Have you seen the fall colors? Anybody have seen the fall colors yet? Oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. We were up about Hunts in, in Huntsville last um, yesterday. It's coming. It, it's coming down this far. Let, let me tell you, up there was all red and uh, orange and gold. It's beautiful. So we're going to go out with the youth or hiking and then to Tim Hortons or something afterwards. And we've got kids ministry starting at the end of the month. We've got a great event, a family FX event uh, on the 23rd and then regular kids ministry starting. Tons of things happening. We're having a, a chilly lunch because uh, it's fall, we're going to, everybody get together and just bring a pot of chili. Here's what, here's what we've determined. If you can put it in a pot and just, it cooks, it's chili, okay? So whatever, whatever, whatever you want to bring, this will be just nothing formal. We'll go to the gym after the service and, um, or we'll have it at, we're, we're, not, we're not quite sure where we'll, where we'll have, but we'll have some food and we'll hang out just to be, just have a church time together. But Whatever you can bring, whatever you can put in a pot, that's chili. And we'll, we'll, we'll taste it all and see what, what's the best. So make sure you get those events on your calendars. You don't want to miss it. It's a great time that we've got coming up. 
All right. We are going to get to our message this morning. You saw the little saw the little countdown coming in. We are in week three of our of our series. Uh, what on earth am I am I here for? Who has seen the movie Castaway? Have you seen the movie Castaway a number of years ago? Remember Tom Hanks? He he was Chuck. He was the FedEx employee, and he was uh, he was a real dedicated employee. He was flying away from his family. He ends up stranded on this island. And if you remember the plot of the movie. The main struggle that he had was that he was isolated. He wasn't, he wasn't with anyone. And, and some of the things that kept him going were he, he had this package that he knew he had to deliver. And that, and that package kept him going because he knew there was somebody counting on him at home. And he had his picture of, of his, of, of his family and he knew that people were remembering him. And you remember he gets so desperate he creates his friend. Remember that? He creates Wilson with a big hand on it. Wilson. His, his friend, I mean, it's tearing at him when his friend Wilson is in danger and there's that passionate scene, he's screaming, Wilson! You know that one, you, you know it, right? He eventually risks his life on a wooden raft because isolation is killing him. Not because, I mean, he's, he's, he's had trouble surviving, but he's survived, right? There's enough there to say he probably could keep surviving if he kept persevering. But isolation was so terrible that he risked his life to, on this wooden raft to get back home because he didn't want to be isolated. People don't do well in isolation, do we? If I leave Amanda, my wife, alone for an afternoon, I'm going to come home and there's going to be a room totally redecorated or totally reorganized. I remember a couple years ago, well, I, was, I, was just, I was downstairs watching a playoff football game. I mean, that takes three and a half hours at tops, Right? And I remember about an hour and a half into it, I hear, going across the floor. It was a couch moving, and I came up, well, I just thought I'd redecorate. I just thought I'd move a little bit. When you leave people alone, they start doing some things. When I have Mondays at home alone, who knows what I'm going to get into. I, can, I, I get a, like the hair trimmers, the clippers. Ooh, you know what I can do with my hair? And I'm only like... We do the odd things when we're left alone. And it's not just me and Amanda. It's, it's everybody, right? When we're left alone, we get into trouble. I, I've, I know I've, I've hung some shelves and pictures on my own when nobody's helping me. And it looks level to me as long as I'm kind of like this, right? <laughs> You've done those projects on your own. Do you know, I, I, think, I think I referenced this a few weeks ago, but Andrew, if we could throw on the screen Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs. If you've, if you've ever, if you've ever done, that, done that study, we know that at the very base level, we need to breathe, we need to have water, we need to reproduce, we need to sleep. Then we need to be safe. We need to make sure that we're protected. The next need, the next thing, we need intimacy, love, belonging, We've got to come together. And this is a, this is, this is a study that we base a lot of our understanding of humans on. I mean, it's kind of, it's uh, something that if you can do, go into deeper study of. But basically what I want us to remember is beyond breathing and eating and safety, the number one thing we're looking for is to be loved, to belong to other people. And if you've read The Purpose Driven Life, 10 years ago, or in the last 10 years, you know that the next purpose as we move along, this is kind of a study that's parallel to that, just the next next um, step in it, is that Rick Warren said that we were formed for God's family in the, the root verses in Ephesians 2, 19. And very specifically, God's family is called his church, and the reference there is in 1 Timothy 3. And I, 
I find it kind of ironic that the institution that was designed for togetherness, for God's church to come together, is probably one of the most segmented organizations in the world. (laughs) The original church split, if you think about it, it dates way back in the Bible to Abraham, where there was, uh, I'm ringing a little bit here, Andrew, Uh, it, it it goes back to Abraham, and, and Abraham was waiting on the promise, and he had this son with Hagar, and so Ishmael and Hagar go one way, and then Abraham and, and Isaac are here with Sarah, and the first church split happens right there. And you've got Muslim faith dating back there, and the Christian faith dating back to Abraham and Isaac. And then with, as, Christian, as, as Jewish faith develops, and we get to the time of Jesus, and Christianity and the church starts... Then there's the split of Catholic and Protestantism, right? And we've got the Orthodox Church and the Western Church. And then we've got mainline churches and some of these crazy offshoots like Pentecostalism. And we don't know where everybody fits in. And for a thing that is supposed to bring us together and give us security and bring us as a body, as one, we've done a great job of separating it, haven't we? From God's original design. Paul's got a great answer for us, though. He says, forget about all the labels that humans have put on the church and as we read in colossians 3 10 11 put on your new nature not your human nature put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him in this new life it doesn't matter if you are a jew or gentile circumcised or uncircumcised barbaric uncivilized slave or free christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us and this morning as we look as a church, I'm talking big C church, not little C church. I'm not talking about portico. I'm talking about the church. And we are the collection of the saints of Jesus, and we are commanded to be together. We can, as we read in 1 Corinthians 1 2, Christ Jesus, this is to God's church in Corinth, Christ Jesus chose you to be his very own people, and you worship in his name as we and all others do who call him Lord. And when you belong with Jesus, you belong with the church. And the word church is, is derived from the word ecclesia, the called out, which is, remember we looked at that word uh, kaleo the other, a, few, a few weeks ago? It's kind of of the same root. Ecclesia, it's the church. It isn't something that I attend. It's a group of people that I belong to. I have relationship, connection, association with. We don't belong to this building, this meeting that's here. We belong to each other. And we don't only belong to each other of this group that meeting here. We belong, you can go anywhere in this town and all the churches that are meeting together. We belong to each other. As long as we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and he's our hope, we belong to each other. That's what the church is. And as we continue in our series of discovering who we were created to be, some of that comes by figuring out how we belong to the church and how that shapes us. And for some people... Belonging to a church, you know what it's associated with? It's associated with feeling guilty on Sunday mornings if you don't get up in time <laughs> to come, or, or feeling frustrated when, oh, they're going to pass that offering plate around and ask for money. That's, that's what the church is. That, those are those feelings. And maybe that's the case. There is some truth in that. But I'd like to refocus ourselves this morning, and I want to look at five benefits of belonging to God's church, not just to our church, but to God's big C church, okay? And, and I believe that, that these benefits are connected and rooted with some of the deepest human needs and start to help shape us 
for who we are. Now, you can follow along on your smart device. Just go to the U version and, and look up Portico or Milton, or you can follow along in the notes in your bulletins there as well. We're going to look at the five different metaphors of Christ's ecclesia. The first one is this, is family. What does family, being a part of a family, mean to you? Why don't you think about that? What does being a part of a family mean to you? I think for a lot of us, we get an identity from our family. Actually, most of our identity comes through relationships. And parts of you would be very different if you were raised with a different family. There's a great debate of how are we... How do we come to be the people that we are? Is it your nature? Is it the things that are innately created in you? Or is it the way you're nurtured? Nature versus nurture debate. Is it the way that you've been raised? Is it the kind of love you've experienced? The kind of growth that has taken place within the family unit or the, the, the people that you've been raised with? And the great debate is, is really there is no answer. It's a balance of both. There are some things that innately make us who we are and there's some things that are nurtured there. But think about that. What, what skills or attributes do you have that are a direct result of, of your parents or the family that you grew up in? For me, I know part of it is I would have never chosen to be a Leaf fan. I can tell you that. I, I was born in 1979, and there was one, no, there were two years that they went anywhere. I, I would not have chosen to be a Leaf fan. That was kind of instilled upon me, not by birth, but from my father and from my family. I think a love of animals. Some people, you see a dog or a cat. Who runs when they see a dog or a cat? You, you kind of do the back. Yeah, there's some people. Just admit, like, you, you know, I have like a little wolf dog. He's a Jack Russell Terrier. He, he cuddles up all the time until you ring that doorbell. And when you ring that doorbell, something is unleashed within him. He runs and they, those suckers can jump, man. They're, they're like this high jumping. If you, people come to my door all the time. Even, even animal lovers, some of them, they're backing way up. But I, I, I come to the door, and Carlo is his name. I named him after a former Leaf player, Car, Carlo. Co- yeah, I know. See, it's sad. But, but he came. When Carlo comes running at me, he, he's... And I catch him and jump him because I love animals. And I probably love animals too much. But I think that was instilled from my mom. Two, two people, my dad and my mom, part of the nurturing that, that, that they had the upbringing gave, gave me some of those qualities. And you can probably think for yourself some of the things that you wouldn't have if you didn't grow up in the family that you grew up in. And the first thought we had this morning is when I belong to God's church, I discover my true identity. We work hard trying to identify ourselves with so many groups of people. Are you, are you, are you a Tim Hortons person or are you a Starbucks lover? Who's there? I've, I've already had mine this morning. Who, who's, a, who's, a, who's a Tim Hortons person this morning? Who's a Starbucks person in the room? Yeah, see, we've got, and you own that, right? You, you, there's like, there's, there's deep passion within, with inside you. How much, how much you own that? Who's like on Blackberry? Who's on, who's on Blackberry? I feel sorry for you guys. It's, it's <laughs> you know, you're, you, you know, you were just bought out. Are you about, you're, no, just, who's, on, who, who's on, who's on Samsung or PC or on top? And who's on Mac? Who's on Mac? Yeah, see? And we own that, don't we? we? We we're like, I would never touch one of those other horrible phones. And and all of them have wonderful benefits and things. We like to fit in with a group. We like to identify ourselves. So what happens when the people whom we identify with, what happens when they falter? When they get bought out? 
or when the family that we identify with, what happens when that family breaks up? And all of our rooted identity has been, this is who I am. I'm a, I'm a Jones. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Smith. I'm a whomever. What happens when that family breaks up? Or if we've identified with the, the, the group that we work with and we lose our job, sometimes we start to feel like our calling is breaking up too. Who we were created to be breaks up because our family is breaking up. One of the, one of the, one of the highest things in, in Alcoholics Anonymous AA, they start to see that if people can separate themselves from the group of people and their past, what they've been with, and don't identify with, I've been an alcoholic, identify with, this is who you are. Not necessarily just the people you've been with, but identify with something greater, identify with something bigger, and you can get past some of the trouble that you've been in. And I believe that one of the reasons why we're just called a family, God's family, that's who our identity is, is because that's where we can get identity. We don't have to be rooted in something that will pass away, something that may falter. We are rooted in something eternal and something that's perfect. And it's not because the people in God's church are perfect. We heard Nate already speak to that this morning. We'll falter, we'll fail. But we have a family and a father that never will fail. And we can be rooted in our identity in that. Look at this in Ephesians 2, verses 18 and 19. All of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles, that's us if you're not Jewish, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And our memory verse for this week, anybody remember the memory verse from last week? Romans? Anybody got the memory verse? I even, I even had it out, out there. Give yourselves completely to God. All right, we got some people. Give yourselves completely to God so you've been, you've been given new life. Romans 6.13. Here's our memory verse for this week. We're, we're practicing memorizing scripture, just some things we can speak to ourselves. You are members of God's very own family. And you being in God's household with every other Christian. Ephesians 2.19. All of a sudden, we can be rooted not in the things our family has done or done wrong or the people around us that have failed, but we are rooted in the forgiveness and the perfection in who our Father is. And this morning, if you've ever thought, I don't know my identity. If you're called to God's church, you have an identity in perfection. You have an identity in God. Do you know why we do baptism? Other than the fact that Jesus did it, and if it's good enough for him, I figure it's good enough for me. But it's not because we're more saved. We're more Christian when we're baptized. It's not because that... It's that we publicly declare that we're in God's family. We're saying, hey, everybody, here's my identity. I'm, 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 a, I'm a Tim Hortons Blackberry Christian in God's family. That's who I am. Or I'm a, I'm a Starbucks Mac Christian in God's family. We do baptism to share with this family and to share with the world that we are made perfect in him. And that's what our identity is. Not again to this church, but to God's church. And this fall, we're going to have our first ever baptismal service here in Milton, and we're super excited about it. It's coming up uh, in November. We're going to do something. We're going to figure this out. We're, we're going to have some kind of baptism somewhere. Um, but if you're, if, if you're willing, Mike's like stressed out now. He's like, where, where, where are we going to put water? And how we? I already had one suggestion. Just do it outside. We'll get like a heated tub, and it'll be fine. It'll be no, I said, it's November. <laughs> Do you remember, you remember when we did the one in Kelso a few years ago? Did Emery get baptized when you were at Kelso? 
Everybody in, in the room, there was, we did baptisms in Kelso, and it was, my goodness, it was cold. And that was, that was August, so don't worry, I, I won't put you in the cold. But, but we're going to have a baptismal service, we'll figure it out somehow, but it's going to be your chance to publicly say, I am identified with the family of Christ. And if you've been a Christ follower, you've given your heart and, and your life over to Jesus, and you've never done that publicly, we're going to give you a chance this fall to say, yes, identify me with the perfection that is my Father, and the perfection is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're super excited about, about this coming up. And as well, we've got some other things happening. As, as we start Wednesday nights here, for our kids and for our youth, we're going to run some some shape classes. We're going to run some this new discovery class just for parents who are who are looking to connect with some other parents. We're going to run a chance to discover there's um, the, the shape, your spiritual gift, and your hearts and your abilities. So we're going to have that happening. And before that all gets going, we're going to let, we're going to do a discovery class to let you know what Portico is about and how we feel we represent well God's big church. The kingdom of God. So if you are if you are identifying yourself with Christ, I want you to consider two things. One, if you've never been baptized, consider baptism day. Fill out a connect card. Give it to Susan. She's right there. Give it, Susan, give a wave. Give it to Susan after the service. We'll make sure you get some information. Or we're going to have this discovery class too to help us identify with God's church. Second place we get our identity. And these are, remember, examples in scripture that Jesus laid out of the ecclesia, the church. The temple. God calls his church the temple. It's funny to me <laughs> that one of the word pictures that, that we use is a building. And one of the greatest struggles that we have as a church is to try and help people identify church as not a building, but people. And then all of a sudden we're rooting you back to a building. Aren't I giving mixed messages here? Can we throw up, Andrew, can we throw up this picture of the barbecue that I put together a while ago? We've got a picture I put together a barbecue. Now, if you notice, <laughs> there were a few leftover. <laughs> there were a few leftover pieces there that, that I put on this barbecue. And my feeling is that they're pieces of the structure, but they're not important pieces of the structure. They're just they were extras. They were just kind of thrown thrown in there, right? Like I, I had to I had to reassemble the. We just moved at the, at the at the end of August, so I had to reassemble the barbecue. I don't think those pieces were supposed to go back in. That's my feeling. It's been it's been working so far. <laughs> we know that the barbecue will never do what it's designed to do properly until every piece goes in there, right? It's working, it's functioning, but it, the the actual barbecue, the structure, it needs everything in there. Romans one twelve. I mean that I want us to help each other with the faith that we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. In God's church, I'm supported by other people. Now, let me take it back to that picture. I'm supported by others. Sorry, if you're filling in the blank. I don't want to throw you off there with the word. Some people will be a part of their church the whole life but they will never fulfill their calling. Andrew, can we go back to that picture? It's the barbecue. Those pieces are never going to do what they were designed to do. They're in the barbecue. <laughs> if I close the lid, we can say they're a part of the barbecue. They're there. And they're, they're not doing anything, but, but they're there. They're in the barbecue. I, I put that sucker together, right? And the barbecue, as I said, it's lit, it's worked, it's happening. I think I know where that, where that nozzle piece is. I'm using a different, I'm using a different 
hook up there. So I know why that piece isn't in there. I'm not quite sure where those other support pieces go yet. But those pieces will never do what they're supposed to do, right? Our church is functioning just fine. You know what? We've got, we, we've got a church of about just over 100 people, and our church is functioning fine. And I was impressed. When I was going through the list for our Inspire, we've got like a volunteer list of like 48, 49 people. We've got like half the people serving in the church. That's amazing. And 48 or 49 people are like all the pieces that we can't really see because they're connected and they're doing what they're supposed to do. And then sometimes there's pieces that haven't quite figured out where they fit yet. And although the church will function, the temple functions, every piece needs to get together so we're supported by others. When you see a temple built together, if you, if you ever watched a building come together, every piece has a real important place, right? And structures need every piece in the right spot for it to fit well. But you know what I believe? I believe that the, the metaphor of the temple is to remind us that we're to support each other by doing our part, by coming together to find out what we need to do. And if you're good, we have, we have a problem here at Portico. You know what our problem is? The church is growing. That's a big problem. We have this, we, we, we have this problem that we've been able to function okay with the teams that have been running for the last couple of years. But the problem is we're growing and not the, the same 40 people are starting to say, well, there's more people here and I can't quite do everything that I was doing before. And I believe that there are people, you're good with finances and we need your help with some of our, with some of our financial things and helping us run some of the money stuff and the, and the, and the, and the debit machine down there. Or maybe with kids. Maybe your strength is with kids. Again, Nate, that was awesome this morning. There was a lot of passion with the, the kids. That, that was great. You, you, know, you know what I believe? I believe there are people who your gifting is with kids. And you could take our group of kids, and for 15 minutes, you could give them a worship experience. It's, it's going to be plug and play. We've got a DVD. You can throw it back in there. And you can give kids more of a worship experience. I believe that there are people that you're great with people, and you could be hosting or greeting or maybe you're really, you've got like, again, those bulging muscles. You could help us with setup and make sure it's all happening. You know what I want? I want us to see us all supporting each other. Like the temple supports, like the barbecue when it works well. Because there are people in the church that need each other to fill the role that they need to fill. And I really believe that this fall, God is speaking to people's hearts. And if that's, if God is speaking to your heart about, about some place where you would fit, or something that you could do. Or if you just need, you say, I don't know where I fit. Let's go have coffee. We'll go wherever you want. Tim Hortons or Starbucks. You, whatever you feel like. You can BBM me or you can iMessage me or you can just text me on your, on your Samsung. Do whatever. But let's get together and find out where you fit. So we're not like a barbecue. So we're not like my barbecue. <laughs> Third word picture is the body. We're a family, we're a temple, we're a body. Romans 12, 4 and 5, just as our body of many parts and each part is a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We discover our unique value in the body. Anybody had their tonsils removed? You've had your tonsils? Who has not had their tonsils removed? Really interesting research has come over the last number of years and they're not removing the tonsils as much anymore. Because for years, those suckers would swell up and they'd cause throat infections. You get tonsillitis all the time. And we didn't really know what they did. So you know what we did? We said, let's get rid of them. Because <laughs> that will solve the problem. If we just get rid of the thing that's not quite fitting. 
not quite working well. A lot of discovery has come out now that, that, that tonsils actually produce a certain ki- kind of infection-fighting hormone and, and antibody that no other part of our body does. And when, and when they've done longitudinal studies on people who have had their tonsils removed and not had their tonsils removed, the people who kept their tonsils actually had much, many fewer hospital visits and many fewer infections of a certain kind because they had those antibodies being produced. Now, their tonsils got sick every once in a while and, and flared up, but it had a function. We just didn't know what the function was, and it didn't feel like it was fitting. Every piece in the body has unique value, and much like the temple supporting each other, that, that we may need each other to actually fulfill the role well, it's the same thing at the body. Just because you're not quite sure where you're fitting yet doesn't mean that your answer is to get rid of it or just, we don't need that part. I remember when I, when, I, when I first came out of Bible college, I went to, anybody know where Walkerton is? Walkerton, Ontario? Well, a few, it's like, it's towards Owen Sound. You go, to, you go to Kitchener and you go for about an hour north, or you go to Guelph and northwest. And I remember I went to the church, and one of the youth leaders was a guy, the senior pastor introduced, I was 21, 22 years old, and I'd been a Christian for about five or six years, and the pastor introduces me to one of the youth leaders, and he says, this youth leader is, he only comes to some events and he kind of helps out. And Donnie's been struggling with homosexuality for the last 10 years, but he's one of your youth leaders. And I said, okay. Um, so he talked to me a little bit about this. And he said, well, he's been trying to figure out his, his, he's been on this journey and he's been struggling with sexual identity. But I thought this is a, this, this, this doesn't add up. So he's openly telling you he's struggling with something that's sin, lined out within the Bible that, that we're not supposed to be engaged in. And he said, no, 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 listen to this. He's given his, his life to Christ. He said, I'm never going to be married. I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm just not attracted to women. But I've, I've got accountability partners, and I've given that to Christ. And there, and there are young people who are going through these same kind of feelings. And I've been able to use, to, as a ministry, I've been able to walk with people who are struggling with sexual identity and lead them towards Christ and help them do this in a restorative way and give those feelings to Christ so that, so that, so that they can then have proper relationship with Christ. And I said, that's unbelievable. Because our initial reaction is somebody who openly says, I'm struggling with this sin, what do we say? We expunge them. We say, get rid of it. We say, okay, you go deal with that, and then when, you're, when, then when you fit us, you can come back. But every piece in the body has a unique purpose. We can't rip the tonsils out, and we can't look at somebody that says, I've struggled with this sin, and say, okay, well, then you're no good to the body. Or here's my ministry. Well, we don't do that, so you're no good to the body. We can't look at somebody and say, what God's called you to do you're no good to the body. You have a unique value in God's church, in our local meeting, in our local us, local assembly. And just because you're walking through it right now doesn't mean that you're not called to be a part of this body. And I believe for some people this morning, we're not all going to connect with all these metaphors, but I believe for some people this morning, you're trying to figure out, do I fit? Does the thing that God's speaking to me, the place where I'm called to be, does that fit within the body? And I thought, I was amazed. There were a couple young people specifically that I know dealt with this, and I was able to send them to a trusted brother in Christ who said, yeah, I, this, this is my area of temptation, but I've given it to him, and I've got victory over it, and I've got, I've got forgiveness, and I'll never go down there. And I was able to 
partner with this guy in the body. And what an amazing spot. Some, some of you, this morning I believe, God's saying, just because what I've called you to do doesn't exist within this assembly yet, doesn't mean that you're not called to be here. And God's going to use some of you with unique value in this body. The fourth one, and for the sake of time, I'm going to skip it this morning. I actually had that in my notes because I want to... <laughs> we are following along with Rick Warren's, but we're going to skip through it. But it is the garden. We are, we are the, it's in John 15, 4 and 5. You can read that this week. Develop that with your small group this week. But we'll live a productive life. If you're filling the blank sticker, sticker uh, you, you really need to fill in the blanks. It's, I will live a productive life. It's the garden. <laughs> but the last one that I want to end on this morning is we are a flock of sheep. That's the last metaphor. So we're, we're temple. We're the body. We're, um, we're the garden. First one, we are family and we're a flock of sheep. Psalm 100 verse 3. Acknowledge that the Lord is God and he made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now that probably doesn't sound too exciting to you because we live in suburbia and you have no idea how sheep are cared for. But in God's church, I am protected as a sheep and I'm, and I'm cared for. And don't we all say that as long as we're safe and healthy, then everything will be okay? We say that, right? Like, you know what? As long as my family's safe, as long as we have our health, everything's going to be okay. And in God's church, we experience this kind of care in three ways. We, we experience the protection of our Lord. Psalm 23, this is read all the time at, at funerals, but I believe this is a beautiful just uh, Psalm in 23, verses 1 to 4. I want to read this over us. The Lord is my shepherd and I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to my name. And even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me and your rod and your staff, that's the picture of the shepherd, protect me and comfort me. And there's unseen care going on all the time from our Lord and Savior. And that's one of the benefits. I remember I said, I believe that these word pictures are meeting deep human needs that need to be safe and cared for. You know what I believe? I believe that there, there are unseen miracles that happen in our lives every day. We, we will write it off as chance. We will write it off as fate. And it's funny that we could quickly say that it, it's just chance that this happened or it's just fate that this happened. But we wouldn't say, no, that's God's protection. You know all those times when they said, for some reason, I just knew I had to call this person and you call that person and they were in need? Or you see a kid wobbly on a bike and they're going towards the road and, and a busy and they fall off the bike at the last minute. Or I want you to think about all the things you did as kids growing up. Like all the times you fell out of trees that were way too high or you didn't fall out of a tree or all the crazy things that you did that really were life threatening. Think about that. And we'll say, oh, I was just lucky. You know what I believe? I believe the Lord, our God is always protecting us and always watching us. And there are unseen miracles going on all the time. As, as parents get up in the morning and they say, God, protect my son, protect my daughter today, wherever they go, whatever they do, be with my family. I believe that there's power in that prayer. That isn't just something we say, that God is doing that. And we experience, even in the darkest times, as we read in the Psalm 23, that we experience that protection and care. It also happens at another level. It happens with care of our pastors and our leaders. In John 10, you can read verses 11 through 15 there, that 
that, uh, that Jesus is the good shepherd and he's, he's called to lay his life down. And as, as pastors, we believe that some are called to be that same shepherding, to have that same shepherding gifting. And it's a spiritual gift that is given to provide care for the church. And we are all called to admit, to submit to our spiritual leaders and also expect that we're going to receive care from our spiritual leaders, counsel, support. You can read it there in Hebrews thirteen seventeen. And for some, the role is to be their vocation. The mistake that we make is when we read this as only paid pastors of the modern church uh, uh, expression are the ones who give care and the ones who are pastoral. That would mean in our context that here it would be Jeremy and I as, as, as on staff. And in the greater context, we've got Pastor Doug and Pastor Jeff. That would mean those are the ones that are called to give care. And it's a model of church that, we, that we've tried to make happen for hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years, assuming that there are some people who are more called to give, have that pastoral role, role and give care to the body. But I believe that the final way and the greatest way that we give and experience this care as a sheep, as, as, as a flock, is from the body to each other, from each other. That the Holy Spirit is gifted each of us, and we are called to care for everyone here. And this is the reason why we do small groups, why we do CLGs. It's not because we think it's just something extra we need to do. I think we can't view a small group as an addition to the church. Church service, when we come, it's inspirational, it's educational. We learn, we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit as we're all together and and acknowledging God corporately. But small group has an essence of church and care that we only experience when we get together that, that, this way. When you neglect to connect with the people in the church around you, I think we miss out on experiencing the real church care. Obviously, it doesn't have to be in a CLG that we formulated. Again, it's never in, in, a, in a human formation. That, that's not where we experience it. But it's when the church, when people come together and give and receive care. And in our society, you know what we have? We have this, this wall we put up sometimes. Because we have nine or ten days worth of stuff to put into seven days, right? You know, you've got too many things to do, too many places to go. So when somebody says, here, fill out a card and we want your information because we'd really like to connect with you, we go, no, thank you. I don't need another email. And when we hear, and the church is getting together into small groups and one night a week you're going to go with other people, you're like, oh, which night is that? The magical day that doesn't exist in between Wednesday and Thursday? But we miss out because that's how, we do receive care from our Lord, the unseen miracle. We do receive care from from our, from our, from our leaders and our, and our pastors, but we really receive care from each other in such an amazing way. In my small group this week, you know what, you know what I just found out? Someone, and I'm not going to tell you who, because I'm not going to sell this person out, but my small group knows somebody has a lift that we can change brakes and do oil changes and something like that. And we were very excited that we could care for each other this way. But you know, when I moved, you know who it was? It was the members that I was closely connected with in my small group that said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll help you move. I'll even come the next day if you still need help. I was like, really? You know what moving is and moving takes? They're like, yeah, we'll come on the Saturday too. That's amazing. It's when we're in need, they know us, what's happening. That's where we receive care. That's really where it happens. 
And if you've been visiting us as a church and you've been arm's length, we're going we're gonna, to we're wrap up here. If you've been visiting us and you're kind of arm's length, I'm going to call you to connect at a greater level. I don't know what it is. Do you need to be baptized just to identify, yes, I want to be a Christ follower and I'm going to show the world. Do you need to start serving in another way, like the temple and the body word picture? Do you need to, do you need to start using your gift that God has gifted you to do? We'll help you find that. Do you need to just connect with a small group and start giving and receiving care? Whatever it is, I'm going to challenge you to, to take a step this week and really connect. Give me a call. Talk to me after the service. I'll, I'll find a place and make sure that you're being rooted and you're finding your calling. This series is about finding what you're called to do. And part of your calling is just to connect with God's church. Jesus, I pray that as the Holy Spirit speaks to each individual life and each individual heart, give them confidence and boldness to step out and really connect with your church in the way that you're calling them to. Thank you so much, Lord. Go with us, strengthen us, be our peace, be our hope. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.